Hello, everyone. This is Robert with the Watching It Podcast. We're a show that covers TV and movies. Join me and my co-host Donnell each week to talk about shows like Loki, The Lower Decks, Snowpiercer, Palm Springs, and Collateral. You can find us at watchingitpod.com or anywhere you get your podcast. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing, testing, one, two, three, three. Thanks for joining the Backlook Cinema Podcast with Zach and Zoe. On this show, we take a look back at the movies of yesteryear. That means we're going to talk about some of the best movies from the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. So thank you for joining us. Now let's get it started in here. Hi, this is Zach. And this is Zoe, and welcome to the Backlook Cinema Podcast with Zach and Zoe. And this is... The 49th episode, I did it. I remembered it this time, and I got the correct episode number because I think a couple episodes ago, I got the wrong episode number. I got the right episode number. I remembered to do the episode number. I did it. I'm king. I'm king of the world. Proud anyway. of yourself with that, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm happy about that. So the reason we started this show was the strengthened bond between my son, Zach, and me, Zoe. We watched movies that I loved when I was growing up. In the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the, well, the early 90s, and we get Zach's impressions on these great movies. If you like our show, then rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser.com, or your favorite podcast app. And please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can find the details in the show notes. So, what have you been up to lately? What, what have you watched? What, what have you watched? What, what, what games you play? What, what you went up to? What books you read? You read? You need, you read I mean, books? Well, uh, I think I already told you, but I, I went ahead and binge watched One Piece and also had to read the manga so I can actually be up to date on what's going on. And when I mean I had to binge watch and read, I really mean it. Oh, so you really did a deep dive. Yeah, because there was like a lot of pages I had to read and I was like, my brain and my eyes are going to hate me for this, especially at work. And guarantee, yeah, they hated me for it because well, I had it. Talking to him at work about it? No, I just had to like look at my phone when I'm waiting on a plane and I have to, re- and I'm reading at a fast pace. Sometimes I have to zoom in, sometimes not, but I'm reading at a fast pace that I'm making sure I'm getting every detail down while making sure I can just be done with that one chapter or just be done with whatever I'm trying to get through. So, uh, what app are you using to read the comic? Uh, I mean, I'm on a website, my friends. So, again, it's like, again, I would have to go and buy it. I don't think the books are translated yet, so they are digitally translated from other people. So yeah, there's that. Right, right. Uh, so I've um, because I use uh, Comicsology and uh, Marvel Universe. Uh, what's it called? Not Marvel Universe. It's called Marvel Unlimited. Unlimited, right? So with Comicsology. Oh, and I also use a uh, the there's Google has Google Books, but I. I only have a, a couple of books on Google Books, but they all kind of function the same way. So the only manga I've read on Comicsology is Alita. What's it called? Alita One Angel Battle Angel Alita. I, I, I know what you're talking about. I didn't. I, just, I can't remember the name of it. But I, so in in that one, I think because you got like the English translation version already, so it, whatever books that were brought over um to the u.s those are the books that are on comicsology so i got that translated version so uh so i don't really 
I'm not really worried about the translation. <laughs> Good for you. Sometimes I have to worry about because it's like a 50-50 on it being accurate. Right. Sometimes not. And it's like, you know, I'm just have to roll with it. I just need to hurry up and catch up. Speaking of translation, have you heard of Squid Game? Yeah, I heard about it. And I seen, I basically spoiled on how I thought it was a game. You, you know, thought it was like, an actual game. Yeah, I was like, huh, Squid Game, that's not like an game because it was like Roblox was on it. And I was like, okay. Right. But no, it's an it's a movie as a movie TV series something like that. And I'm a, like, it's a TV series. TV series. And I'm like, oh, well, I spoiled. Thanks for watching Mojo. I didn't know. And Not like, only that, but it's like everybody's doing something. I I even seen a skit like these skits that these these. It's like four black dudes, right? Four or five, right? And and uh, and another uh, PLC. I think he's Indian or something. And um, they uh. And I've seen some a lot of the older skits. They normally do like manga, something like that, manga right. related skits. And the, and they had they already got a Squid Game uh, skit up. I was like, oh my god, maybe I should watch it. They already got a Squid Game skit up. <laughs> like they got this one skit where uh, they uh, they got to fight this dude. No, no, here, here's the skit. So this dude, these two dudes meet each other, right? Uh-huh. And, and you know they they just talking, they rapping right now. They you know they they just meeting each other for the first time. Looking like they're developing a friendship. All of a sudden, the enemy of one of the dudes comes along. And the second dude's like, don't worry, I got this. But but we just met, man. It's like, no, I got this. And he's and he kills the dude's enemy. It's like, man, it wasn't even like it wasn't right. you didn't even have to do that. And so they keep walking along. And they meet another dude, but the other dude kills him. And the dude talking about, avenge me. He's like, we just met, dude. You talking about avenge me. We just met. <laughs> so they do a lot of manga stuff, but they already got a, a Squid Game skit up. So I'm thinking I should go ahead and watch this. But then it, it's also come out that the Korean is a Korean series. The Korean yeah. translation is is all is, is kind of messed up on the American on the English, right? So it's not exactly as it should be. They even got some Korean Americans actually going and retranslating what's this, what it's supposed to say versus what they put down, what what you get, what you get in, a, in, in the a, official version, right? right? Yeah. So apparently, the um, what they think happened is that because they have an English dub version, right? Yeah. So when they did the English dub, instead of translating the actual what the actual Koreans are saying, when they do the subtitles, what they did was they. Uh, just translated the. They just used the English dub version and then put it in the English. Uh, in that's the, just lazy in work. That, that's yes, how you know it's lazy. Yes, it's lazy. It's it's lazy and stupid. I don't know what they was thinking or why they did that. They're thinking that, that people aren't gonna care and dig deep into it, but they should know better. Because yeah, I guess they didn't. You think have was... people like me who will end up watching both the sub and the dub just compared it to. And what, when yeah. it comes to that type of topic, I will always and honestly choose the subtitles over the dubbing. Right. Especially, uh, what you call it when you look at um, what was that? Uh, like uh, anime, space yeah, the, the anime that you gave me, gave Cowboy me Bebop, Cowboy Bebop. I forgot to write that down. And Cowboy Bebop, the subtitle version is way different than. Well, it's not way different. It, it's it's, it's a lot just different. They have different wording for how they for how it would be in an American. No, they version. curse a lot more. Well, yeah, there's also they curse a lot more. <laughs> they, there is that in Japan. They not, they not shy about cursing. They curse a lot in uh the English. Uh, sub what? Well, yeah, and it's English subtitles. They curse a lot versus the English translations that that they market to kids that they play on like uh, Cartoon Network or whatever. I mean, <laughs> you do have like I think two episodes from Pokemon that wasn't aired, and one of them was basically like this bikini contest where James, for some reason, had implanted breast on. And another one is when this old dude pulled out a gun on ass and fr- on ass and his friends, and I'm like, yeah, I can see why that wouldn't be in, on you know over here in America, right, right, right. Because right. you're like, 
this guns in Pokemon? Right. Okay. Right, yeah. Even they, though they pulled out guns before and, you know, didn't censor them. Another one is Yu-Gi-Oh! Where if you pay attention, they're just holding their hands out like they're holding something. But you don't know what they're holding. But they're supposed to be holding guns. Right. But because they edited it out, it doesn't look like that. They're just right. holding it like this. I'm like, that hands are weird. Right, and it looks right. so wrong. Yeah, that Americans are, are, are way sensitive. Another one. It's like, again, back to One Piece. There's a character named Sanji. And in a Japanese version, he is smoking. He is smoking a cig- cigarette, and I believe he's a teenager too. Right, right. But in America, they're like, let's change that to a lollipop. They're not gonna. <laughs> they're not gonna. One of the characters' name, another character's name is Smoker. Right. And he like he does have cigars to smoke, but they're like, no, he doesn't have cigars. To smoke. Right. <laughs> but you see it on him. Right, right, right. So I'm you like, see, you can't just I tell me he doesn't smoke. I guess smoke. they're trying to say that well, they don't know what that is. They just some brown things on the drawing. But you, you know, as, as long as he's not smoking, it don't. They don't. Look yeah, here's, like here's the worst part. His devil food powers is basically turning to smoke. Right. Well, he's called smoker, so. <laughs> but you know what's funny is that uh, they they don't obviously over here they don't want to see yeah, kids smoking. Kids but smoking. Anything. When you go like when you like do a deep dive into smoking, um, one of the things that cigarette companies would do, especially in the seventies, is uh, they would try to get kids hooked on cigarettes like they're still kind of trying to do it especially i with, mean i seen the, with the, the uh, commercial the with jewels. the flintstones so well no this the flintstones is actually a cartoon for adults the flintstones okay. was back in a day was like the simpsons are today or actually closer to uh something like family guy or uh even rick and morty it, it was really for adults okay. it wasn't for kids specifically the air at nighttime and you know with the other sitcoms the family sitcom. So it was the Simpsons was more like a family sitcoms. And back then when they were advertising smoke, they was like, Oh, it's good for your health. You can smoke in the hospital. <laughs> the doctors were actually prescribed cigarettes to people. It, it, it was, it was a whole thing. So, um, what was the other thing? The, uh, so it was, it wasn't a big deal then, but when I, what I mean is that like, uh, when you think about like Seven Eleven, you think of it as a convenience store, but in actuality, it, it was, especially back in the day, it was marketing cigarettes to kids because all the cigarette ads were like below the counter. Like, so they, they would have posters of people smoking cigarettes at a height where kids could easily see them, right? <laughs> so they were really trying to get kids hooked on smoking and, you know, in the movies and, and they didn't really have smoking and cartoons uh, like that, but they did have a lot of smoking in uh, what you call it, the movies making it look cool and acceptable, but now it's not. It's not like that anymore, right? <laughs> so, so you you've been binging One Piece, so that's yeah, so that's good. That. You're getting into reading again. Uh huh. Sure, you can say that. <laughs> I'm just doing it so I can catch up. Well, that's all. I mean, you should follow your interest, but you really should read more. I'm glad you're doing yeah. it. All right, let's see. I've been playing Far, the new Far Cry game that came out. Far Cry Six. Yep. How are you feeling about that? It's not bad. Is this is this Far Cry? That's it's that's what a lot. That's what I heard. I was doing another podcast. And it was like, well, it's a good game, but it's it's more Far Cry. It's like you know it's not that's be- basically <laughs> it. If you play like Far Cry Four, the the Far Cry, 4, it's like yeah, I'm just here roaming around, killing people, right, saving other people, it's whatever. Right, I'm just doing is this get it out the way. Right, right. At but least the one thing I don't have to worry about is honey badges because I hate them. I hate honey badgers. <laughs> I hated snakes. Mainly honey badgers and snakes. Right. Ego's not a worry because I can hear them, but with the snakes, I'm like, I don't see them until they bite me. It's honey only- badgers, they just like, oh, you're a human. I'm gonna fight you. And I'm like, I'm just <laughs> going through. Yeah, honey badgers are kind of like uh your 
European Wolverine, right? So they got, I think they have hunting badges over in kind of Europe, but and over here they have Wolverine and they they got kind of like the same attitude. The same attitude. I'm like, I'm just walking, minding my own business, and I just hear the noise. I'm like, what? Why? Why are you coming after me? Like, it's like, and it wastes your bullets. It's like a sponge until it actually dies. Did you see the MDIA uh, video about honey badgers? Uh, I believe he, he so. talked about a, a bunch of animals. Yeah, yeah, I believe I seen was, him it, on how basically the same but different on on how they act. Right, they still you know they just treat everyone equally. <laughs> right, right, everyone can catch the hands. Right, right, right. Only like, of course they, of course, because they don't care. Right, <laughs> they will fight to the death if they want to. Yeah, yeah, they 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 ain't got no quit. So uh, what was that thing? So uh, so you you play you're playing for our cries. Yeah, How far along you in that one? Well, me and my friend, we're playing on co-op, so we're just waiting so we can play together. Right. Uh, right now we're this with the, uh, what do you call them? Not liberals. Uh, revolutionaries, I guess. Right, right, right. Because right. you know you're trying to over- liberate Yeah, you're trying like the that. Uh, gorillas. Go- oh, gorillas. Gorillas. Yeah, gorillas. You, you remember who else is a gorilla? No, not really. You know, like Eddie Carrera. Stop. And no, that's not. That's, th- not. Th- that's how you supposed to say his name. They didn't say his name like that. I know WWE. that. That's how you supposed to say his name. Who, who was his uh, cousin or son? Who was that dude? His brother. I forgot. Uh, his he was Chavez. Ne- uh, Chavez Correa. Yeah, his nephew. Correa. <laughs> but yeah, his nephew, right. His nephew. You're Chavez you're Correa. basically uh you're you're not originally with them at first. You're just doing it so you can get off the island and go to America. But then you're like, you know, aren't what? you supposed to be the center of that dictator, or is that somebody else? That, that's someone else. That, oh, that's okay. some, yeah. Oh, that's that's not the player character. No. Oh, okay, so you somebody. Yeah, you somebody else. And you're like, okay, you're trying sure. Trying to get to America now. Now, now you're, you're like, you know, what? I'm gonna go help because they killed my friend. They killed someone else. So I'm gonna go ahead and help. Blah blah blah. Right. So now we just recruit. Now I guess uh, trying to get this whole new because when you first start, you're on a small island. Right. And you go to a different island. Like okay, and then. You're going to go to another island, which is bigger. You're like, ah, right, right, right. Of course, this was gonna happen. I knew it was. It's not that easy for you people, <laughs> is it? You just had to make it a big old island with jungles and danger for me to deal with. Right. So I'm on one island trying to get one group of people to join us, but in order for them to join us, I have to help them with their problem. Then I'm gonna move to another island, do the same thing, third island. And then finally, I can go to the fourth dollar. I'm like, oh, look, the dictator. Whoop de doo. Now I can deal with him. Right. Although I feel like there was a part where it could have been like, because usually when it came to Far Cry, there was always an option to go to uh, to basically like stay or do the missing. Like in Far Cry, I think it was four, you had the option to, what was it? Because uh, I know in five, you had the option to arrest the guy, not, okay, four. You had the option to stay there and wait for Megan Ping to come back or just leave and figure out what's going on. And if you stay, he comes back, lets you spread your mother's asses, and you can go about your business, go home. Right. That was the end of the game if you stay. For five, if you handcuff the guy, you and your teams get their helicopter destroyed, and then you have to find your uh, find your uh, teammates. But if you don't arrest them, then you all just leave, and then your, uh, their service is disappointing you because you didn't arrest them. It was like, you know what, you you must have had a gut feeling. I had a gut feeling, too, something was going to happen. Let's just go. Right, right, right. But I'm pretty sure there was an option of what to do, but I guess I didn't pay attention. Because I'm just like, all right, screw it, let's go. Right, so, but that didn't end the game. No, oh, okay. I just continued on. So I was like, okay. Right, and right. You don't get to do co-op until, like, I think the third mission is done. So after the third mission, then you can do co-op. And you're like, okay, good. 
So now you, both of y'all are deep into it. Both, both of, of us are on the same mission now. So right. he's wait. So when we're done playing with somebody, we get on that, play a few, like two, like about two uh, missions and then get off. Did you get the digital copy? You yeah, got I got the, the digital copy. Oh, okay. I was like, you playing on it, PlayStation? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, right, right. So um, it's like you're filling up your your activities and, and I can appreciate the, the reading of the comics. That's That's mainly how... I learned to read. It's through comics. That's why I get my vocabulary. For you know how you build your your vocabulary, you read and you read the Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four, because it's a science based, uh, a science comic team. They got they got a bunch of vocabulary. So you're gonna use words you. that you don't even know what they mean. Some some of those no, actually, that you can figure out what they mean in context, and some of them are fake. So the real <laughs> problem is figuring out what the fake the, the fake gobbledygook is from from like the real science words and and Star Trek. So it's a combination because the Star Trek could throw a bunch of fake gobbledy. Uh, I forgot the words the the specific uh, term that they use for the fake science words that they have on Star Trek. Techno babble. That's what it's called. So you got to discern a techno babble from the real, actual science terms. But uh, other than that, yeah, it's that's how you build your your vocabulary. <laughs> so uh, what I what I've been doing, uh, bouncing off you. So you know about this. Uh, I went out and got a new laptop because I tried because I learned that uh, laptops and water do not get along. They they hate each other. Of course, they, do. they always <laughs> hate each other. So. Tried to get uh, my laptop repaired. I tried to take it to you, break I fixed. They they were unable, supposed to take it to Sharon. Sharon sent it back. And I just thought that they tried to fix it and they couldn't. But when I read the note, the note says they didn't try to fix yeah, it. Yeah, I told at you all. that they, they was like, oh, we didn't even like, try to fix it. I was oh like, my God. That's why I told you they just came back with the screws off the right. bat. And I'm like, why? Well, that that's how you uh the, the store did it. The store did it that way. Yeah. And you have to understand the store is just a branch of Asurion. So Asurion is the insurance company, and you break out fix is just a subsidiary <sighs> of the insurance companies that they try to fix your electronics there. They try to get you hooked on Asurion. That that's what they're there for. They're not there to fix your electronics. They're trying to sell you the Asurion service, which is pretty good, but it, it's kind of clunky. So I sent it, and I think that their repair service is probably at uh like a FedEx facility. I don't think it goes all the way back to their whatever headquarters. I think they try to fix it at a FedEx facility. And then in the and I guess they saw that the screws were, were out and then they sent it back talking about somebody tried to repair it. Yeah, you tried to repair it. Your company tried to repair it. That's why it looks like this, you a-holes. So, and apparently they didn't get the notice that they were supposed to st- keep it and then try to actually fix it, right. but so now I got I got to call a special department and have them fix the laptop. And it's kind of a headache. I don't like dealing with them. It's been a lot of back and forth, a lot of back and forth. You know, um, you break out fix the store that I went to. It's it's really hard to get to and come back from because along the Beltway, along the busiest part of the Beltway, I would have been better off if you went to the DC one. No, the DC is is just as bad because you, now I'm going in the city, and that's definitely a place I don't want to drive. So the only time that it's good to go to that store, actually, it would have been better to go to the DC because they open at ten o'clock. Where the store where I'm going to, in college, by College Park, Maryland, that is, uh, that opens at twelve, which is ridiculous. They open at twelve. They not open on Mondays. They not open on Sunday or Monday. So they just all messed up. So now, <laughs> now I'm perplexed. I'm apoplexic 
I don't understand why they're doing this to me. It's, oh, my God. They're lucky I don't come in there with a knife start just, you know, offing people because they, they, they got me running. They, they got me mad. So, anyways. Um, and then there's an, uh, another nearby store in, um, where, where we go to the movies. There's another one. I think you saw that. No, you saw a comic book shop. But I'm pretty sure there's one da- down there. And that's a, another easier place to get to, to get to. But there's a certain time of day when... The, the beltway especially on the weekend it just becomes a parking lot and uh i'm not not happy about it when you're driving home mad you just just stay you just mad on the beltway just and there's no way to get rid of it well, i but, mean with your broken laptop you decided to go ahead and get something else yeah you i, I, I didn't want to wait for them to fix it so i was like let me so i, I went and I, I already had best buy credit so i was like fine i'm just gonna use some more credit so i used some more credit and at first i bought what they call an an unboxed laptop. So these are laptops that either somebody had taken home and brought back or laptops that they've been using on display. Most of them are laptops that they use on the display model. So when you go into a Best Buy store, you see all those laptops that are sitting on the, on the counters looking all sexy, trying to get you to buy them. And uh, they're all, they're all the laptops are like, boo. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I was trying to say that, uh, the Paddle LaBelle's <laughs> the Paddle Bell songs, but I... I I'll mess it up. But anyways, <laughs> they're like, come here, seller boy, come and buy me. But anyways, um, those laptops are the ones that they eventually take and they and they try to sell to customers. So I got one of those using me when I did that. I took it home and started using a little bit. And then I realized it, uh, it had screen burn in and I had paid like $1,000 for this laptop. And I was like, I, I can't. <laughs> have a laptop with screen burning and i paid a thousand dollars for that no this that's no nay i say the nay it's like and, and they're just looking at me in the face these little ghost images of of the what what had gone on for a year as they were sitting there waiting for somebody to buy them so Take it back. And I was nervous about taking it back because what happened was because I had used it a little bit so some of my information is on it so i don't want to give them a laptop with my information so i decided to factory reset it yeah factory reset it but it's not as easy as factory setting on a phone right on a phone you just press the button it wipes the phone clean and it comes back and it's like a blank phone it's like do, do you want to set up this phone in english or spanish like one of those deals <laughs> but when i did the laptop it got stuck in a, I something went wrong yeah, i don't know what went it wrong. got stuck in it got reboot. stuck in reboot mode in reboot mode because apparently Usually when something like that happens, it's, it can't find the operating system. So it's it's stuck in reboot. I was like, no, man. This, this you know is going When I came across, I was like, oh, okay, it's, it's rebooting. And I was like, okay, Windows thing, set uh, black screen, trying to reboot. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. You just, are you stuck in a repeating moment? Oh, you so are. I, I actually let it reboot like most of the night because I think, <laughs> I'm, I'm stupid. I'm thinking, well, maybe it just... <laughs> Maybe just need time, right? But no, it don't need no time. It was broken. The moment you see it the second time, you should know. Right. Uh-uh, right, right. I got to take was, it. I was holding out hope. So now I'm afraid to take it back because um, they're going to look at it like, oh, that's, you broke the laptop. I was like, no, I didn't break it. It's not my fault. So um, I was like, yeah, we're going to have to do a, uh, what you call it? We have to write a claim. Or, you know, it's like, I didn't want to go through all that. I was afraid, but I was like, nope. I got, and so I waited the next day because I was going to take it back that night, but I, I, I wasted that night and then I waited till most of the next day. And finally, I took it back. There. I took it to the same one that I bought it from and they didn't look at it. It was like, so you, you bring it back. It's like, yeah, it's got some, 
screen burning. Oh, okay. It's defective. It's like, yeah, it's defective. Okay, yeah. You want to put, <laughs> put your money back on your car? Don't worry about it. Uh, do you want to buy another laptop? I was like, yes, I want to buy another laptop. I want to buy the same one, please. No, I didn't want to buy oh, the you, same you one. You got a I different was, one. Yeah, I got it. No, I'm just, I just wanted one that kind of fit my parameters. It, 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 I was looking for, it didn't even have to be a gaming laptop. It just needed to be one that uh, had fairly good, like, uh, you know, specs. You know, I, I, I want to have it to be a gaming laptop. Right. But so... I mean, the only real difference between a gamer laptop and regular laptop is the graphics card. So, um, but I just wanted, and they're ugly. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to get something with fairly good specs. So I'm looking around, looking around. And finally, I settled on two laptops, neither one of the gaming laptops. So I kind of looked at one, was like, no, nah, look at these two. So one was a, a HP with a 17 inch screen. I'm like, well, yeah, I could use a 17 inch screen. The other one was a Lenovo that was very similar to the one that was, that I spilled water on. So, uh, you just want to like let I'm me wait. get the Lenovo because I I wanted to keep the brand. I fell in love with it, especially <laughs> since I had that Star Wars laptop brand. Man, yeah. I love that Star Wars laptop. I love that one. So, anyways, um, so I'm waiting for somebody to notice me so they can say, you, know, <laughs> you just stood there. Would you, do you need some help? So it's like, yeah, I would like to buy this laptop. Wait, wait. So you just stood there looking at the laptops. What if someone to notice you? No, it doesn't matter. They, it doesn't they, if they notice me, they'll say, can I help you? So I was like, yes, you can help me buy this laptop over here. That's that's what I was doing. That was the whole point of me standing there. But finally, somebody came over. Like the first time somebody came over, it's like, no, I'm still looking. I'm still looking, right? And right, so I'm finally fine. waiting. I'm finally waiting. Somebody come back around and it's taking them a long time. Because if I had went that morning, it would have been not as many people there. And I could have gotten help sooner. But instead, I waited until later in the afternoon. Now the store is a little bit busy on the weekend and now I'm having problems getting somebody to notice me. So you I know what a regular know. person would do? They would have went up to the person like, hey, yeah, I like yeah, a bad laptop. Probably, but probably. you you just standing there. <laughs> but it, it didn't take that long for them to notice me and come over. And I was like, yeah, I'd like to get this laptop. And he took his phone, he kind of scanned the part code and he was like, oh, we don't have a laptop. You want you wanted to you want us to send it to you? I was like, no, I don't <laughs> want you to send it to me. Got to where I came to the store. If I wanted, <laughs> if I wanted to receive a laptop in the mail, I would have ordered it off the website like a sane person. Instead, the only reason I'm here is because I had to return a laptop. And since I'm already here, I want to bring a laptop home with me. Why is it this laptop sitting on this counter if you ain't got it? <laughs> yeah, right? Boys, I'm just put a piece of tape on there. I'm out unavailable, right? Why? You, this is wrong. Employee looking at him, hey, Bob, you see that guy? He's just standing there. You see what, you want to go over there and talk to him? Figure right. out he's okay? Yeah, like, hi, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, I like the battle. I thought, oh, okay, you want this one? Uh, Yeah, we don't have that in stock. Right. But. I was like, okay, that's the problem. No problem, no problem. I had two choices already picked out. <laughs> Went over the second choice. Uh, how about this uh, Lenovo? It's like, oh, we don't, the, the laptops in this world, we don't have none of those. I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. Why? Why are you doing? All right. Just, all right. I'm going to have to look around some more. Now, I, I spent like, like 30 minutes looking at all the laptops trying to figure out what I wanted. And I finally picked the ones that I wanted and, and they didn't have any. And so now I got to, I got to stay in the store and look, and look around some more. So what, what I did was I figured out that he was using the Best Buy app to scan the, um, the yeah, item right. and you can tell which ones are in the store. It'll tell you if the item's in stock or not. I was like, cool. So now I'm looking around laptop. It's like, not in stock, not in stock, not in stock, or it's in stock maybe at one of these other stores that's <laughs> like 20 miles away. I was like, oh my God. Now I'm starting to get a headache again. I'm feeling lethargic and unwell. So finally go and finally I found 
uh, this one I'm looking at right now that we're recording the podcast on. It's a Legion. It's a Lenovo Legion gaming laptop. It came with a little sticker. It was a little neat sticker. I'm gonna put it on there soon. And um, it has some pretty decent specs. You know, it's a Ryzen seven processor and uh, you know, a Radeon graphics card, GeForce, whatever that is. Uh, so I was like, cool, cool. We can do that one. It it had six in stock. So I'm he has to have it. Because there are six of them, and it says so on the app. So now uh, I go, I finally find a dude who's like, yep, I would like this one. It says you have it. And he looks at his phone. He's like, yep, let me go get it for you. And then I proceeded to wait about an hour, him looking for this top. Like he, at least he came back to check with me. He's like, we know it's here. Are we still looking for it? Uh, just, just be patient. We're looking for it. And just go out. That's how you know they're disorganized more. when they can't find it, when right. it should be there. Right. So um, now I'm scanning other laptops to see. You know, maybe I, I might probably have to go to another store at this point because he, it's taking him a long time. And just when I decided, and, and then the last time he came to me, I was like, look, um, if I'm not here, if I have to leave, I'll let them know that to tell you that I left so you can stop looking yeah. for it. Right. Because there, there's a guy at the counter that's, you know, taking orders or whatever. But then finally, but just as I was thinking about leaving, then he came over. He's like, we found it. It was under the wrong, like, uh, something number like uh, the wrong serial number, serial number, number, whatever. Yeah, it, it was it was filed under the wrong number, and uh, so I finally got it. I was like, oh, thank you, kind sir, for all the hard work <laughs> that you and your team did to find this one out of six laptops. Winning as a hope, a hopeful man almost came out as a broken. Man. <laughs> right, 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 right. And uh, trudging this, uh, but uh, it was in the box because I ain't got to worry about screen burn. Charging, charging this laptop home. I haven't haven't had any problems with it. Bonus that it came with uh, one month free of Xbox Game Pass, and I was like, okay, okay, let me let me try this out. Let me enjoy that Game Pass until they're like, hey, let me, your Xbox Game Pass runner. You want to actually fork over some money for this well, thing? I'm, I'm just trying it out. Just looking at it, you know. <laughs> you know the like, and, 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 uh, yeah, that month over was like, hey, Microsoft here, you want to fork over that money now? You, so, we, uh, you know that you've been playing a lot of games. I'm like, you know, and for those you don't know, because uh, we don't actually, we talk about games, but this isn't really a gaming, uh, this isn't a gaming podcast. So for those you don't know, Xbox Game Pass is like Netflix, but for games. Now, I've been hearing this concept, and I was like, you know, do I want to do a Netflix for games? How would that work? And then, and now I mean, if to... we're gonna do that, we might as well get an Xbox One X or whatever. I mean, you can do some of these games are available on your phone, or you can do it on your gaming lot. Uh, computer. You already know my computer is oh, complete com- garbage, and I don't trust it. <laughs> well, the computer that you built is garbage. What's wrong? Is it the uh, remember? It sometimes Windows? I don't know what it is because sometimes it goes to blue screen, and I'm like, I hate this blue yeah, screen ever, and it's stupid. It's probably the Windows. So what happens when you buy the uh the what do you call that? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, when you buy the ghetto version of Windows, I mean it's it's, <laughs> it's official because I checked and it's like yeah this is an official product. Yeah, I know it's because it's like the official key and everything. I was like okay because I bought the key. Right, right, right. But you know you know how it is sometimes. But um, but if you uh so many games you can play on your phone, um. And it is some games, but uh, like... but not all. And some some games will have a low enough graphics, like the older games. You could probably play on on a competent computer, like especially like something like Killer Instinct. You could I could have probably played that on uh my my 
earlier computer because you know it's so old but um it has a number of games on there there's like classics all the way up to like xbox s s you know the uh, newer generation well the current generation yeah the current generation of games <laughs> so um i was like right, well let me let me try a couple of these games so uh so to really kind of test out the laptop the first game i was, uh downloaded was wolfenstein wolfenstein 2 because it did wolfenstein so now i got the wolfenstein 2 and it plays pretty good it's got some it's got one of the most you know it, it's up to like playstation 4 or xbox one standards so like so that's really the previous generation but the laptop didn't really seem to struggle with it. It's like, yeah, I got this. I, I got. And so I'm tempted to maybe try Cyberpunk, but I know that's a bad idea because <laughs> you need you need a supercomputer to run Cyberpunk. <laughs> so, so that might not be a great idea. But something newer, like um, I can't think of a like like maybe uh, I don't know what what's out for Xbox One. Uh, I mean, you have Far Cry Six. That's one of them. Far Cry Six, oh, it's not. It's, I don't think. Yeah, because you have Xbox Series S, Xbox Series X. I don't. Uh, Xbox is notorious for not coming out with like the bomb games. Uh, when when they release their system, I mean, <laughs> all you have to do is wait for Halo, like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Or no. you can go in your car and practice driving. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Um. Uh. Let's see. I'm trying to think. There's a. Nope. The only thing that that's really out that only really the xbox s can play or x or s can play is the um cyberpunk 77 but barely anything can play that one so um i can't think of anything right now off the top of my dome that that i can test this computer on but as far as like the previous generation apparently runs those like a champ and then i tried uh this one called hades have you heard of that one yeah i heard of it and it was like, and I was playing a little bit. And I was like, meh. I think it's it's called a, uh, what is it called? It is called, I don't know. It's something where you die over and over again, and you go back to the beginning of the game, and then and then you try it again. I forgot what they call it. It's a specific uh, roguelike. It's yeah. a roguelike game because you start over. Because whenever you die, you you get one life, and then when you die, you start from the very beginning. But and this particular game, when you start from the beginning, you you power up your man because you you collect what you call it throughout your play, and then when you die, you go back to the beginning and you collect whatever power ups or rewards or whatever from the beginning, and then you start out again. And you're in Hades, and the whole goal is to get out of Hades. So that's is neat, but I'm like, man, I, I heard talk about man, this game is so great, but I'm like, eh, and then uh. I decided to try Shark Eater. It's like, ooh, I always wanted to play. Oh, Man Eater. I was saying Man Eater. It's, it's called Man Eater. And I always wanted to try that game because in this game, you play a shark and your goal is to eat people. I was like, well, let me let me. I get mean, you. you're not supposed to. Like, if you eat people, then you're just putting yourself in danger because. No, know. that's part of the goal. Like, they give you missions. And one of the missions, like one of the first missions is to eat 10 people on the beach. So you're a big shark. You jump onto the beach and you attack people. <laughs> and then the other part of the game is that sometimes you have to you have to fight the people that are hunting you. And so uh, it's called ship battle. So it's like, they're shooting at you with harpoons. You're trying to dodge the harpoon, jump over and then attack the people on the ship. And then another part of the mission of the game is uh, attacking other animals. So I, I got 
I got beat by a crocodile uh, in <laughs> the last time I played through. So he he got me. He I got got. So that that's that's most of what I'm doing. Plus, um, finally finished the book The Witcher. Where I didn't realize it was the last book in the series, and it was kind of a meh book. As I don't understand why. And I must need to read like the earlier, but like the first book because reading when it, going through this book, it was it was all right. It was kind of like a collection of stories that that kind of had. Uh, a binding narrative, uh, an overall mission that he's doing, and he's got these submissions while he's doing the overall mission, and uh, you know, there it was all right. It, it wasn't like a whole lot of character development or whatever. Um, it, it it had it didn't really have a lot of meat on it. I mean, yeah, of course, if it's the end of the book, of course, it's not gonna be no character Where's development. I mean, I've yeah, that, read... that's, that's what you that's what the first few books are for. No, I've, it's for I, the no, character development. I've, I've read other books where I read to the end and they had better character development on their on the well, end. This of guy the said, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the whole series is like that. But I want to I want to go ahead and read the first book and see if I feel differently about it. And then uh, I started reading the Thor comics specifically when um there was a female what's her name jane foster when jane foster became thor so i'm going through that and that's pretty interesting and i'm looking at lord dex and what if and those are two fantastic series um and then oh i i still got this old note from the last time <laughs> about replaying uh Seven yeah, I noticed. I was like, "Does two. he have to do uh, again of seven hours?" Because he no, decided. No, I, I got past that. I'm, I'm all good with that. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I, and then uh, there's I got hooked. I got I got hooked on this YouTube video series by the lock the lock picking lawyer, where basically is this dude that all he does is pick locks. I don't know if he does it professionally uh, or he just does it as a hobby. But I think I know you're talking about because one of the letters he got was like, "Hey." I told his other guy about you. And he said he didn't believe it. Could you prove him wrong? And he was like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, I, I can saw do that it. one." Did you, did you see that one? Yeah, yeah saw, oh, I okay. saw it by yeah. myself. Yeah, I was yeah like, that's okay, the one. cool. So here's a, I must be getting your suggestions because it just showed up on my feet one day. I was like, oh, let me look at this. I was like, and then I looked at like six videos in a row because the videos are short, like four or five minutes yeah. long, so it's easy to consume. So sometimes, like one time, he took this lock. He's like, yeah, it looks like it's good construction and this, and it's got this feature and it's got this feature. But really, all you have to do is shake it, and then you can open the lock. I was like, oh my god! But <laughs> 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 there's one where. Uh, he took this lock. You know the lock with the roller numbers on the bottom yeah. of the lock? He said, yeah, it's, this, this is a pretty secure lock. But really, all you have to do is feel the, feel the numbers. You can feel the pins. And you can figure out the combination just by feeling it. And he, he just felt the thing and, you know, felt the rollers. And he was able to open the lock just by feeling on the rollers. And, and he found the combination that way. And he did this thing where he turned the lock upside down so neither you or he could see it. And he rolled the thing with his thumb so he would get a random combination. Because you can reset the uh, the combination. Uh, the, the lock is designed where if you turn the lock a certain kind of way, without a key, you can reset the combination. Right. And you turn and close the lock. And he closed the lock. So without knowing the combination, he was able to just feel the rollers in the bottom and figure out the combination of the lock. I was like, man, this guy is a magician. <laughs> so I got hooked on that. And uh, of course, uh, I mentioned earlier, this this guy, MDIA, he goes by MDIA97 or MDIA underscore 97 on uh, TikTok. 
He has a, also has a YouTube tent, YouTube channel under Casual Geographic, and he talks about animals. And I'm and I'm hooked on that dude just because of the way he talks about animals. And uh, he was able to get his impersonator banned on um, off on Instagram. Instagram, right? Because there was somebody who was taking who was taking his videos off a of TikTok, like to copy his tiktok videos put it on their own instagram account and then use his name and then uh impersonate him thus getting all of the like uh, the revenue revenue or the 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 audience he basically robbing his audience from him so he can get the revenue from and it the worst part about it, when you look at the comments even though you can't comment on it it was like you have a bunch of people thinking that's really him I'm like i feel so bad for right people. right so so he he got so what happened was he appealed to his audience that knew that they yeah that knew fake. about yeah and he, they got enough complaints that instagram took him off so that you know it was victory for him and um yeah so spent 40 minutes not talking about the movie <laughs> so i i guess since this is a movie podcast we should go and talk about what we saw what did we see the fly the fly such a simple name, a fly. A movie came out in 1986. Is actually uh, a kind of a remake of a movie that came out in the late 1950s. Which, well, we'll get back. We'll get into that, um, the origins and whatnot. But uh, oh, I forgot to highlight some things. But no worries. We'll we'll we'll, we'll yeah, bang through I that. noticed. <laughs> so, um, tell us about the fly. A brilliant ant, but uh, eccentric. Yep. Scientist begins to transfer into a giant man slash fly hybrid after one of his experiments goes horribly wrong. And that was by IMDB. Oh yeah, horribly wrong. That's that's why it's a horror. Because stuff goes horribly wrong in this movie. Uh oh, I'm supposed to read this part, even though I highlighted it. This movie was released on April 15th, 1986 by SLM Production Group and Brook Films. And I think um 20th Century Fox? I'm not sure. I, I mean, the logo was there, so yeah. What, the, the 20th Century Fox? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, for some reason, they have that on IMDb. It grossed over $40 million in the U.S. and Canada and over $60 million worldwide on an approximate $15 million budget. This was a hit. Had rave reviews. It went from 15 to 40. Yeah, that, that is a respectable number of dollars. So, uh, why don't you tell us who was in there? Well, we- and we'll go, you know, back. Yeah, we have Jeff Goldblum. He was Seth Brundle. He was also in Jurassic Park, Independence Day, Thor Ragnarok. So I, I don't guess I have to tell you who he was in Thor of Ragnarok. Course, of course I <laughs> Or any like, of those. He, yeah. He's like, he is as ex- eccentric as the scientist he plays. Do you remember that uh, HBO series that we watched that starred him? The World According to Jeff Goldblum or whatever it's called? I don't think I watched that. But Yeah, he's just as weird. As the scientist he plays, it's not hit the real Seth Goldblum is not or Jeff Goldblum is not that different from Seth Brundle. <laughs> so, but uh, he, he's a he's a uh, he's a very fun actor to watch. Also in this movie was Gina Davis. She played Veronica Quaif. 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 I'm just go with Quaif. It almost looks like Quaif, which is a female fart. But uh, I'm just. And, uh, and I don't ever remember hearing them say her name, but I'm going to just uh, say that her name is Veronica Quaife. We know her from Thelma and Louise. 
The Long Kiss Goodnight, and A League of Their Own. Do you remember who she was in A Long Kiss Goodnight, the movie we watched? Uh, I know she was a, the interest lover in, to the main protagonist, if I remember. She Yeah, she was the main character in that one. She yeah. was the one that was lost her memory or whatever. She This is when she was red hot that they needed Gina Davis and everything, and she nearly was, right? So uh, she, she's been in many of some of the most, uh, many of the classical movies from the 1980s. It also has, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, was John Gitt, he was, uh, he was playing as Stasis Bournes. He was in The Social Network, Blood Sim- uh, Sam- Simple, and Zodiac. Yeah, I think his name, I think that's Stathis, Stathis Borans. Borans. Right. Yeah. So I don't recognize him, but uh, he did a did a pretty good job in this movie. There's also Joy Bauschel. Joy Bauschel. She played Tawny. She was in Terror Train, Quest for Fire, and Look Who's Talking. So uh, she played the woman that uh, that the fly tried to bring home. Yeah. That's who she played. She's pretty much the only main female character in this movie. It, but to be fair, this movie had a very small cast. And we also have uh, Leslie Carlson. That's Carson? Leslie. Oh, Leslie Carlson. He was Dr. Chevers? Chevers. Oh, Chevers. He was in The Dead Zone, A Christmas Story, and Video Drone. And then the last person we have is George Chuvalo. He played Marky. He was in Robocop, the 2014 version, Dirty Work, and Lee's Offering. I think that was the one he had. Um, that he broke the arm. Yeah. yeah, I think it was that dude. So uh, who directed this masterpiece? This was directed by David Cronenberg. He directed Dead Ringer. Exist. What in the world? Just read Existence. Existence. Jesus. And Scanners. <laughs> that's how it was world? written. That's yeah, how it was sure. written. Yeah, that's, that's not how I'm trying that's to pronounce it. the title it. of the movie. Yeah, sure. Good job. Well, I, I'm not trying to pronounce it like that. by that title that he is... A kind of eccentric director he really is if you want some strange you're gonna get some david cronenberg he he can do strange real good and when i looked at his imdb and of, of the movies like this is the movies that he's mostly known for when you look at the list of movies he's done it's like yeah there's these some strange movies because he, he he do the strange stuff he, he wants some strange you get some david cronenberg also this movie was written by george oh shoot hold on well, the movie wasn't written by. These are the written by credits. Goes to George Langelian. Langelian. See, the, this name is French, and um, I'm having a hard time with it because he's a, a British Frenchman or a French British man. I don't know how you say it. He's he's French and British, and um, his name is hard to say. It's L A N G E L A A N Langelian. Langalan. Anyway, going past that. Uh, it's based off of this movie is based off of his short story that was published first in Playboy in 1957. And then it was made into the first movie in I think it was 1958 or, or the late 1950s. And uh the the original black and white uh movie version. And so the the, the writers of this film was like, let's do it again. So the they're First script was written by Charles Edward Pogue. I think that's Pogue. Charles Edward Pogue. And then there was some rewrites by David Cronenberg. 
Um, so and they both basically did the screenplay. So yeah, who's who did the music? Music by Howard Shore. He did music for The Lord of the Rings, Seven, and Ed Wood. Howard Shore is just he just makes music. He 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 has made music for some of the the some of everybody's favorite movie. So I didn't I didn't realize he has such an extensive career in making movie uh, music for movies. So the producers were Mark Boyman. He was a co-producer. Mel Brooks is an uncredited producer. Stuart Kornfeld is a producer. And Kip Allman is a co-producer. So you know who Mel Brooks is? That's the most interesting person on this list. I know he's, I believe he's an actor. I believe we've seen him in one of the movies. I think, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we've seen him. But I know he's an actor. He is an actor slash producer slash director. So most of the movies that he's done, he's he's acted and and well he's act most of the movies that he's acted and he's both written and directed and produced. So he is uh, uh basically a a classic comic genius. He's still alive. <laughs> uh, and many of his friends are you know the people that he partnered with. Many of them have passed away, but he's he's still chugging along. Um, his son is Max Brooks. Max Brooks wrote uh the book that the movie World War Z is based on. And I think he wrote Abraham Lincoln Vampire Killer. So uh his, his so he his son writes a very funny book and um Max Brooks is just a uh classically funny man, but that's what everybody knows him. He did this I think he did the original uh producers. I'm not exactly sure. But he did this uh you remember Spaceballs? I don't know if you yeah, saw it. Yeah I remember I've seen it. He that's his movie. He also did a movie called The History of the World Part One. That's another one of his movies. Very funny movies. Um, but he didn't want his name attached to this movie because he thought that it would bring the credibility down. This is supposed to be a serious horror film. You can't put Max Brooks on a serious horror film because people won't take it seriously, right? It was like, well, we we gonna go in this movie theater and laugh because it's uh it's max brooks <laughs> but no it's like no take my name off we, we're trying to we're trying to be serious here serious so um what's next well that's it for the rondo and if you're enjoying the show remember that you can get t-shirts hoodies mugs face masks jerseys and more at our website backlookcinema.com where you can click the link to either teesprings.com or tpublic.com now we're going to take a short commercial break and we'll be right back to talk about our favorite parts of the movie, some movie trivia, and find out what some of the critics thought. Hey, what's, what's that right there? Man, is my, is my fingernail coming off? Oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Oh, hello. Who am I, you ask? Well, that's on a need-to-know basis, and I guess you need to know. I'm Don Al from the WatchNet Podcast, a little podcast where me and my co-host Robert dive into different TV shows and movies to give our viewpoints and reviews. TV shows like The Boys to the 1999 hit movie, The 13th Floor. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, come join us at WatchNetPod.com or on any podcast provider. Are you having a mutant bug problem? Then you need Die Bug Die. Die Bug Die has been specially formulated to not only deal with regular insects, but mutated insects as well. One can of Die Bug Die is potent enough to last for months, 
So don't hesitate to terminate that pesky wasp or loved one who just so happened to be mutated to a mutant fly-human hybrid, whether through teleportation accident or genetic manipulation. So don't be shy. Use Die Bug Die. We cannot confirm nor deny that this product has been used by the secret FBI X-Files division. What about bug spray? How about that? And we're back. Once again, thanks for joining us. You can keep up with us by following our socials on Instagram and Facebook at Backlick Cinema Podcast and on Twitter at Backlick Cinema. We encourage you to leave feedback, comments, and suggestions, or you can email us at fanmail at backlickcinema.com. Now, let's talk about our favorite parts. Zachary, this is one of your favorite parts of the movie. All right, so... It's the scene where they're using a baboon to test it out on a living, the teleportation of a living object. So they test it out, they see the results, and the results is horrifying. The baboon is basically skinless, almost near the bone, dead. It's like, oh, okay. I need to figure out why the computer didn't just move one particle to the next fully whole. I just don't understand. You know, then they're talking, then, you know, they have sex. Then she's talking about, you know, you know how grandmas can't resist, you know, the skin on babies pinching them, whatever. And he's like, oh, that's it. Maybe if I do another experiment and figure out what it is, I'll get my answer. So he decided to cut a steak in half, take one part of the steak through the uh, teleporter, cook both of them, and then have it eat at the base. Like, all right, what, what, what do you think? What do you see between the two? And she's like, well, the other one just doesn't taste right. It tastes funny. Like, it's missing things. And he's like, that's it. I think because I never programmed a computer about skin or whatever, it just doesn't realize what it should be doing. And he goes ahead and starts working on the computer so it can learn about, you know, transporting particles and skin with everything intact, nothing missing. This everything was in the one machine over to the other. And it was like, I think I got it. Right, right. So it's funny how, uh, to you, the first half was a little bit slow, huh? Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, you're bringing in this female just to show her your new work. Then you're not happy because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a journalist. What do you expect? Right, and I was like, right. yeah, what did you expect? She told you, I'm pretty sure she told you she was a journalist. And a journalist is going to do what they do best. No, they, they, he, she didn't actually say that she was a journalist oh, okay. when they, they met at a party. She didn't say she was just asking questions. Yeah. And he was trying to impress her because he was trying to get personal with her. So uh so that's why when later on when they showed he showed her his uh teleportation device, because that's how this movie basically starts. That's the driver, is that this scientist created a teleportation device, like the world's first, that could trans that could transport uh, you know, macro objects, not not microscopic, not subatomic particles, because you can transport subatomic particles, but he's trying to transport macro objects, like objects our size. So he did a demonstration where he took a personal object of her, her of hers, so it wouldn't seem like a, a magic trick, took her pantyhose. So she had on the kind that, you know, you can wear up each leg like giant socks. He put her pantyhose in one teleporter and teleported it to the other teleporter and it was regular. But then, um, you know, I think he kind of creeped her out a little bit and uh, he didn't want her to print the story. 
when he found out that she was a reporter. Also, can I just say, I'm pretty sure that recorder is not capturing anything in her purse or pocket, whatever. Because I'm like, that is a powerful recorder for it not to be shuffling around to have. I any mean, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be perfect recording. You, you, but did you, have you forgotten when it was replaying it? It was a perfect recording of what was said. I mean, yeah, it's movie yeah. magic. Don't don't worry about that. That's, that's not. <laughs> no. Or it's got a great microphone. You know, they, they had my no, 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 no. She had a top of the line uh, tape recorder. But see, that that that's neither here nor there. It's not the movie's not about the recorder. It it, it would have worked. You know what I'm saying? It would it wouldn't have been perfect. All she's gonna do is write it anyway. But it, she would have been able to capture his voice. But that that's that's neither here nor there. It was not. It didn't have to be perfect. She was gonna just. She's a journalist. She was. Well, she she's had a to convince print her. She had to uh, convince her editor. Editor first before anything, but right. yeah. But he he thinks that he's a con. Uh, the editor thinks that the scientist is a, is a con man, and I he's mean, not really a scientist because when he was talking, to her, he said he just yeah, orders order the parts, parts and he kind of puts them together. So uh, it, it it doesn't really talk about him like graduating or having a degree. They don't refer to him as a doctor. So he. Uh, so he doesn't have like a doctorate in science anywhere. But you know, it makes it weird because he doesn't have it. All he did was build it. Like, but then wouldn't the other people who are sending your parts get notice of what you're building? Well, and they then, they don't know. It's like they send him like send me a laser. He gets a laser. Send me a, a sequencer. They, they he they send a sequ- They don't know or care what what, what I he's think, ordering. But that what? is like it's like since he's saying he's not a scientist. No, I, I'm saying oh, that he's not a scientist. Yeah, it's like. He it does have that thing that's like you didn't make these, you ordered them. But then again, where's your research on doing this? It's like that's what I want to see. I want to see the mathematics, the scientific. I want to see that's all probably of what he's good at. He's he must be good at math. Yeah, in his head apparently because I don't right. see anything on the walls. He it's probably notes in the computer. <laughs> he did he did have a very you know, pretty fancy computer. It's like not everybody writes stuff on the wall. But yeah, so uh, centric scientist builds a a teleportage uh, a teleporter. Uh, tries to f- impress a female with it that turns out to be a journalist. She takes it to her editor. Editor says it's crap. And then going all the way down to where it finally gets a little bit exciting when he tries to transport a baboon and the baboon comes with the <laughs> inside out. It's like, all right, now we get into the horror. Now we get into the, the gross stuff. <laughs> and uh, and he's trying to, and, and now he realized he has to teach the computer to basically go crazy trying to put the um the baboon back together because the way the teleporter works is that it actually destroys an object and then it rebuilds it in another place the way and i think this is the way his transporter worked the way the scientists say if they ever are able to build a transporter an actual working transporter you're actually destroying an object you're not it's not like Star Trek where you turn it into a beam and you beam it over. That's what they do in Star Trek. But you're not tra- you're not turning it into energy, uh, beaming it over and then turning energy back into matter. You're actually destroying completely the original object and then the computer builds a duplicate from the ground up. Yeah, a duplicate <laughs> that remembers everything. Right, that remembers everything. That's a duplicate that still has its soul, essentially. So um, that is... That that's the crux of of how his teleportation machine works, and so his problem is now he's not really worried about the thing having a mind. He's worried about the thing not having its guts inside out. That's the first thing. 
So uh, he teaches his computer how to do it, and then uh, and then what else happens after that? Uh, they do a, the bathroom test again. It's like okay, we're trying that out again. They get it to work this time because the bathroom comes out completely normal, acting the way it was. And it's like, okay, cool, neat. Now you know. But then they're like, before we actually try to test it on a human human, we should study the baboon to make sure. But because, uh, what's her name? Uh, Veronica got this letter from her editor. She was not happy with it because she knew what it was, but didn't tell uh, Seth about it. So she left. Seth gets upset, gets drunk, and is like, you know what? I'm going to do the test without her. Yeah, he gets upset because he gets instantly jealous. He's only seen her for like maybe a few weeks. A few, a he few gets, weeks. He gets instantly jealous when she leaves because he, he's able to deduce that he, she and her editor used to see each other, which, is, you know, it's fine. It, it happens. But he thinks that she's sleeping with him. He gets drunk instantly. I mean, it's like the, the last movie we saw the, uh, last week. We talked about... Um, we talked about Fright Night. How yep. this dude, he's looking through his binoculars. He sees something a little strange and instantly believes that he sees a vampire with very little evidence. Same thing happens to Seth. Uh, very little evidence. In- instantly jumps to conclusion, drinks, makes it even worse. And that leads to a worse decision. Yeah, another thing, he doesn't apparently notice that there's a fly because a baboon is trying to you know get this fly, but apparently he doesn't notice the fly. And he's thinking that the baboon is acting up for some reason. Uh, well, he's drunk. He's not even really yeah. I know. Yeah, he that is much drunk. Attention to the to the baboon. So, um, so uh, what's another one of your favorite parts? Uh, let's see. My when he's basically like I want to say like twenty five percent transform, where you can notice about basically his skin is looking weird, in his, on his face, and he basically goes to a bar. Because he was upset that Veronica wasn't going through the machine, claiming that it will make her pure because that's how he feels. So he goes to a bar, upset, trying to find someone else to put through the machine so they can feel what he feels and be with him because he wants that someone. So he goes to the bar, uh, goes up to this woman. He orders, I think, a scotch or something. I know he yeah, orders a drink. Scotch. And then, you know, he acts like, well... I forgot what he said, but, you know, he's being cocky. He's like, yeah, you know, I can beat them. It's not even an issue. not even a contest. Yes, yeah, she's watching a couple of guys arm wrestling. Yeah. And then they hear him, and they're like, oh, you think you can, huh? I was like, yeah, 100 bucks down. I can beat you. And they're, like, laughing off, joking because the way his body is. He basically looks like a skinny. Well, he's not skinny, skinny, but, you know, it's the stereotype of he's a nerd. He's a scientist. He's, you know, easy to beat. So the guy goes to accept the challenge. And these guys are big dudes. Yeah, they're big dudes. They, he accepts the challenge, and it's an arm wrestling. So the other guy is struggling with Seth, and then Seth is not even putting in any effort until he starts doing it, causing the guy's uh, bone to pop out. I'm like, oh, okay, there yeah, we go. Yeah, he caused the that's called a compound fracture. Yeah, compound like a regular fracture. fracture is just when you break the bone, but everything stay inside. A compound fracture is when the bone like stick out and it's gross and it looked like it hurt. You're like, oh, and it's a, ah! that's that's another horrifying moment. And so, then, you know, he goes and apparently the girl's not horrified or maybe she is. I don't know. She doesn't show it. And then well, she's, I think she's in shock 
And then, but Seth just grabbed just her arm grabbed because her she was part of the, her. She was and part then, of the bet. <laughs> oh yeah, she was a part of the bet. She was like, "You think I'm some type of a hooker?" I'm like, "Yeah, it doesn't even matter." Right, 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 right. And then you know he takes her, and she's like, "Can we go to another bar?" Because you know, it's see, our parent loves going to bars. Yeah, people but, like to go bar hopping. So you you don't when you're part of the drunk culture. You don't just go to one bar. You you go to different bars because different bars have different personalities. So you you'll start at this one bar and then you go to this other bar down the street that you like, and you go to this other bar down the street where your your friends are at. So yeah, that's what she wanted to do. Yeah. So you know he takes her home in a taxi, and now when you first get to now when they first show the building, you don't think you know you're thinking he lives on a first or second floor maybe. No, this dude lives apparently all the way to the top floor where there's no elevator, and I'm like. It's either A, an elevator, but he doesn't want to take it because of, you know, what's going on with him, or B, there's actually no elevator. I'm like, are you kidding me, man? There's probably no elevator. But, you know, she's talking about, is there really no elevator? Because they're going up all these stairs, and he's like, I ain't got time for this. Picks her up, and then takes her all the way there. And yeah, I'm like, she's again. Lagging. she's lagging behind because still, she's still drunk. So he she's lifts drunk. her up. She's getting tired because she's going well, up she's all she's tired, the- and she's drunk. So he lifts her up and carries her all the way up to the rest, and he's running up the stairs. You know, you know, he plays her down. He goes through the teleporter again. And then she's like amazed by it. They have sex. And then that's when Veronica comes like, really? Really now? You just. Wow. Oh, no, what? No, you kind of skipped over like. Oh, and how. Part. Uh, uh, the best how part he is wanted like, her. At the time, like when Veronica kind of bursts in, like right, right at that time. He's trying to get this girl to go yeah, through the go teleporter. Yeah, go through the teleporter. Like, come on, come on, don't be afraid. And she's like, "Yeah, be afraid, be very afraid." Right? I'm like, yeah, that that seems about right. Yeah, that's, that's definitely right. Right. That that's the number one thing I want you to get out of this movie. Be afraid. Be very. It, it became a pop culture icon at the time. Just that phrase, uh, that tagline of the movie. Uh, you heard it a lot for a long time. Uh, you don't really hear that much anymore. not people reference that in the movie in that way anymore but for a long time you heard it a lot right (laughs) so uh so while um so when veronica came in that's when she was like okay peace out i i I see what this is let me get out here she already told me to be afraid i guess i should be afraid (laughs) get out (laughs) yeah she leaves and uh seth tells veronica to leave because and it's uh, Veronica's like, there's something going on. There's something wrong. And I'm telling you, how I know this is because remember when I cut those little hair off your back? Yeah. I took them to, for someone to see. I'm like, yeah, that's not human. It's like, it's like an insect hair. And she's telling him, and he's like, no, it's not. I'm pure. Get out. Right, right, I don't right, want you right. to ever come back again. Leave. <laughs> right. I'm so, like, okay, then. So, and that, that's the funny part. So he, like, going back a little bit, he, uh, I, I like the, the whole arc of his journey, right? So the just the the whole arc of his journey is what I like about this movie. So he goes into the teleporter drunk, very bad decision. He doesn't notice that there is a fly in the pod with him. Computer does not know what to do with these two objects. Like screw it, I'm just putting just them together. Put it together. I, there a, we go. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Comes out like it's it's two objects in one pod, and in second pod after his teleportation, one object comes out. So uh. He uh, and then he feels better than he has ever felt in his life. He's doing gymnastics. Uh, he's uh, what's the other thing he did? That the first thing he did. He oh, basically he's, balanced on. A yeah, chair. he was balancing himself on a chair, 
in front of in front of Ronnie or Veronica, and uh, he's balancing himself. And then he goes over and he does his gymnastic on this bar that's hanging in this this horizontal bar that just so happens to be in his apartment somehow. And uh, and it's not even really an apartment. It's it's, it's a it's like a studio apartment, I guess, sort of. It's it's weird. So because uh, they don't even sleep on a bed. He doesn't have a bed. He has a a couch. He has a couch bed, and that's what he sleeps on. So it's kind of like a studio apartment. And um, he's the type of dude that wears the same set of clothes every day. Like cartoon characters. That's what it reminded me of. Come on, don't you have any other clothes? <laughs> I mean, yes and no. But it's the same clothes. I'm mean, like, yeah, it's the same, but at least I changed my clothes. What do you mean? It was just the same clothes, but at least I changed my clothes. Right, right. D- do you remember why he he did he does that? I forgot his excuse. It was something. Well, it's not really an excuse. He, not an excuse, but it's like a reason for it. I right. It the was. reason was because that's what Einstein did. Einstein had the same set of clothes because he didn't need to waste time thinking about what oh, he was yeah, going to wear. What I was talking about, what, what do I want to wear? Right, right. You can spend hours in front of the closet trying to figure out what you want to wear, but if you only have one set of clothes, you that's one decision that you don't have to make. And there are a couple of people that espouse this uh, ideology in recent times, but I can't remember who they were. But anyways, um, he... So part of his arc is him finding out that Veronica's right. Because Veronica is like, she noticed the re- the first mutation right away is that he had scratched his back earlier. So now these coarse hairs are growing out of this where he had cut himself. And it's super coarse. And it's like unnaturally, like no human has this coarse hair growing out of his back. But he ignores it. It's like, no, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great and energetic. He's like he's he's out sexing her, like he's outlasting her and sexy. He's he's got super Santa. He's it's almost a superhero origin story. And then he goes way off the rails. He goes way off the rails. Like I'm a superhero. I'm a superhero. Oh no, it's too far. No, almost had it. Oh, almost had it. It's it's like you catch a fish. It's like nope, nope. The fish got away. Now you're not you're not going to be a superhero today, son. You you're going too far. You 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 missed the bus on that one. So uh. He 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 start his face start like even when he picked up that that woman that's when his, yeah, you his can face see his started face is like messing up bunch of acne and right everything. right look like acne and he's still feeling super awesome and he thinks that that Ronnie is jealous of him because he's going to be a superhero and he wants to make more superhumans so he's trying to get others into his uh to to go through the teleporter to be superhuman with him and so uh so what else happens or what what else you like. Yeah, yeah, your parts. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Uh, when he gets further into the mutations, like he, like the he, like he pinches off his nails, right? And he's like, because he bites on his fingers, and then his nail comes. He's like, that is not right. The whole fingernail comes off. It's like the entire finger. He's like, that's not then right. He's oozing stuff out of his finger. Then, the then, tips he, of his then he goes to his other fingers and pull off. He's like, yeah, that definitely's not right. He's like, oh my goodness, she was right. Oh no! And then he goes to his computer, and then figure out like what went wrong, what actually happened the first time, and then he finds out that a fly had went through, and then he's like, "Okay, what happens if there's a second object with me in the machine, and it goes to the uh, other teleporter machine?" I was like, "Oh well, I I didn't know what to do, so I just fused them together. I I was never programmed to know what to do." Right. I just fused them together. And he's like, ah. Right. And he kind of knew that, I think. That's why he always went in naked. Because he wanted to go in 
as a human to come out because he didn't want to confuse the computer anymore yeah that's why he didn't have to. on clothes or right. anything on him so he kind of knew that i think he kind of knew that was a possibility and he uh but he was just too drunk to notice that there was a fly in there so you know he had to tell ronnie it was like you know it I was trying to build a teleporter. It turned out to be a pretty good gene splicer because he learned that it spliced his human genes with the genes of a fly. So, um, and then uh, he just gets more and more mutated. Yeah, more mutated, more worse. He started losing hair. His finger starts to fuse. He lost an ear. Oh, man, that was the funny part, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like he his, basically called Veronica his, over to tell me, you know, to come see him. I think the first wait was it that time? Shine yeah, was. what happened was uh, at first he Ronnie hadn't seen him in weeks, so finally he calls her and is like, "At first I didn't want to call you because I didn't I was afraid to call you, and now because how I was changing, yeah. and now I I'm afraid not to call you. I'm afraid I'm I guess he was afraid of being alone, right? That's what and, it seems like. Not, yeah, and he really wanting some kind of companionship, and she's the only one that he could call. So she goes over and he's like way mutated. Now his his skin is all messed up. His is like and his his head is like growing. His like his head is a, is way larger than a regular human. Yeah. His body is mostly misshapen. <laughs> it's like it's lumpy all over. Yeah, and then like and he's like oozing, and she's still crying and hugging him. I was like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> and like when he does lose his ear, he's trying to offer some food, but then he spits up on it. He's like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's good to know. Yeah, you said. I think he said that was gross. That was gross. <laughs> he, yeah, must have been the first time he had did that. He, uh, yeah, uh, threw up on his food, and then uh, I, I like the part when he uh, he has her filming how he eats now. Yeah, because this is the second visit. And he's like, you know, we might, as, you know, we can actually sell this. You know, make it for kids. I'm about, hey, it's about how does uh, how does what was his last name? Uh, Brundle the fly eats. I well, think he called himself Brundle fly. Oh yeah, Brundle fly. And he's like, well, you know, just like a fly, we have teeth, but we don't use them. You know, this is there for show because we can't actually digest solid food. So what we do is we use this special thing that we have to to throw on the food, so the food is melted, and then we just slurp it right back up. <laughs> I'm like, so she has to show. Yeah, this. she's just recording it. And then it goes to basically her editor sitting there watching. He's like in disgust with it. Right, right, right. And I, I, I don't know how, but I guess it it turns. It was a dream all along for that for, for that part of the season where he's watching it. No, the, no, all that was real. So she. So goes, when she goes, she goes no, no, to the no. she goes to the bathroom crying. And remember, crying. she says she's I'm pregnant. And then right. the next scene, they go to well that that's the oh part, that's the part of that's the, the part okay. when it cuts to the dream. So in this say. in this sequence, they they go to the hospital because it's like she's pregnant, but she's not about to give birth like yeah. in there. She just knows that she's pregnant, but she goes and she's in the hospital and uh she's out there and the doctor's like, all right, we're gonna need you to push. We're gonna need you to push. There's a whole thing in here. And she gives birth to this giant maggot. And uh, get all screaming and horror. I'm and like, she oh. Wake- and she wakes up, it's a dream. I'm like, oh yeah, it was all a dream. Right. Uh, and then she's basically thinking, am I pregnant before the experiment or after oh, wait, she the knows experiment? She knows it's after. She Because she continued to have sex oh, yeah, after yeah. the experiment. So she she's pretty sure that it was after. Because she could have been impregnated before the experiment because they did have sex on the yeah, very first day. that's what I'm saying. But 
Uh, she's like, she doesn't want to take no chances at no all. No chances. She's like, get it out of me. Get it out. I want an abortion. Get it out. Get it out. <laughs> it's like that dude in the video. Get out. Get out. <laughs> and then basically, she does try to go to him and tell him that, you know, I'm pregnant, but I'm getting an abortion. But she can't bring herself to do it because on how far he's mutated and on how insane he's being. Like, he's like, come on, I want, I want to be the first human insect to be in the politicians because you know it's like they're not they're not politicians you know it's a it's a worldy world out there for insects they're, they're cruel they're harsh they don't care right he so starts, i want to be the first insect politician right he starts he really talking nonsense and then that point at one point he says i had a dream that i was an insect that dreamed that he was a man, man. and now <laughs> Now that now I'm waking from it, and like, and he's crawling on the walls like a like a fly or any other insect or whatever. And well, I just wanted to point out that that's not how flies or other insects cling to objects. Like usually, it has to do with hairs. Sometimes it's suction. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what or, it was on his, That's what but it was. It also has to do with how light they are because they're, they're so lightweight that that's something that they can do like I mean, there's some listen, insects spider-man doesn't question it if we are not going to question it with the fly okay? <laughs> right 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 but <laughs> and like some insects can stand in water because they're lighter than the water tension but see he was uh but they took some licenses with it but yeah he's crawling on the walls he's twitching now he's he's twitching kind of like, the fly, before, twi- like no, a fly like a fly twitches his skin basically got you know, he wrote it, whatever. He was, his eyes was also twitching too. Right, right. He his, started, like he's looking almost right. everywhere. He's thinking radically. Like every time he's thinking, it's like something else coming into it. Right. So uh, they go, I can't remember. They, they go to an abortion doctor, but I can't remember if they actually do it then and there. They was going to do it. Oh, I mean, they was going to do it. And then what happened? Because he was like, do you want us to actually look before we do it? She's like, no, I want it out now. Let's do it now. And he's like, all right, fine, fine. Go ahead. They take her to the room. There's like, here's a gown. Go ahead, get dressed. They will be here when you're ready. And they all leave and sees this in the room by itself. That's when Bundan comes in, kidnaps her. She didn't, he didn't come in. He busts through, bust through the window. Like Spider-Man. Through the window. <laughs> all of a sudden, you see a shadow all of a sudden, boom, he's he's in the room. Kidnaps her. He kidnaps and her. She, she tells him, yeah, I'm pregnant and I'm getting but he's like, no, 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 don't do that. That actually might be the last human part of me. So I need you to keep it. And she's like, no. And he's like, well, too bad. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? what do you mean too bad? Right. What are you going to do, tie her up? No. Instead, he takes her back to his place. And before we figure out what he's going to do, the editor is there. He has a shotgun. Put it together. And he's looking around. He goes. Well, he must, be- have, he must have gone home first. So maybe it was in his car. Maybe. And he goes, who know, who he, knows? Right. But he eventually makes it back to the uh, Brundle's house or his, his, whatever you call it. Yeah. Place. He goes there. Gets the, you know. He, he, has, he carries a shotgun in a suitcase for some reason. And he assembles it in the house, you know, which is kind of weird. You don't want to go into a person's house. You don't want to break into somebody's house and then assemble a shotgun. You want to assemble a shotgun first and then break into the house. That that would be the smart play. Like, even if you wanted to, like, you know, he wanted to be under the radar. You know, he didn't want to attract police attention, right? So he kept it in, in the suitcase. I can understand that. But before you break into somebody's house, you want to have that bad boy assembled, right? Because you don't want to, uh, you know, get caught, right, assembling the shotgun and do just wax you in the head with a baseball bat where he has his own shotgun already assembled because he's in his own home so yeah don't 
don't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. But miraculously, nothing happens to him as he's assembling this shotgun. Yeah, so he assembles it. He walks around a bit, comes to the computer, and on the computer, he sees that the computer is set up to have three of the teleportations ready. Now, he doesn't know what it means. We don't know what it means yet. And then that's when Brendan comes in, smacks him down. I think I think he understands. Yeah, maybe. He, he, he understands because of what happens later. But what were you saying? So Brendan comes in, smacks him down. The guy kind of tries to get his shotguns ready, but Brendan takes his hand and just spits on it. Just goes ahead and uses his liquid to melt his hand. Right. He has uh, Sobrando like like a fly, like a other fly. insects. Uh, they have to, uh, they, um, they don't spit. They, I want to say they regurgitate yeah, the reg- acid. Yeah, the acid. They, they regurgitate this this digestive juices, like our digestive juices in our stomach and that's what they that's and they where can it stay stays. there um you know when you get indigestion yeah that is your stomach acid coming up to your esophagus where it don't belong it don't belong in your esophagus because they ain't got the special stomach lining so that you don't feel it right that's what it feels like in your stomach but your stomach got a special lining to keep you from feeling that way and it, it probably some of that lining is in the intestine but when you start to feel it Acid indigestion, that's that stomach acid coming up your esophagus. Ain't got that special lining. So that's no good. You already know. So imagine that, except a thousand times worse. <laughs> and it lands on your hands. That's how insects do it. They have to regurgitate their uh, stomach acid onto their food like he was doing with his donuts. Except in this case, it was I'm going to just throw up on your hand. <laughs> so yeah, he falls down in pain, about to go in shock. Then he's using he's trying to use his foot to get his shotgun. And it was like, oh, okay. It looks like I'm gonna take out your ankle too. There you go. He does you know, same thing with the hand, same thing on the ankle. And this is when he's definitely about to pass out due to shock of pain and blood loss. I'm pretty sure he did kind of go into shock at that point. <laughs> he's like, first he's looking at this ugly thing, throwing up on his foot, then there's unimaginable amount of pain. And then he was like, Oh, oh, his eyes rolled back. His head go down to the floor. He was he was done. He was he, he stopped reaching for the gun at that point. <laughs> and then, yeah, Brendan tells uh Veronica what he's gonna do, saying, you know. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna put you in one part, and with the baby inside you, I'm going the other part, and we're gonna fuse together to become one human. Me, you, and the baby has one human, so I can be a pure human. I'm right. Like, I'm sorry. The perfect family. Thing. Yeah, because earlier in the movie, he he had tried to figure out how he could be human again. So the computer told him, "Well, if you add more human subjects, and and I fuse them together, then I you'll be more, more human. human." Right. Okay. So he actually had three pods. They only used two for when he was. Doing all the teleportation, the first one was a, was prototype. a prototype. So he he uh, reattached the the first one. So now you have three pods together. So he's gonna put Veronica in one pod. He was gonna go in the other pod, and that they, they were both gonna reintegrate in that third pod, which was the uh, what you call it pod, the uh, the prototype, the one. prototype pod. So that's when I think the guy we're talking about is Borns. I'm not gonna try to say the first name because I ain't drawing that. Uh, so he he miraculously you know gets gets up from his sock. No, that was oh oh Borans. Yeah, yeah Borans. Right. He gets up from his sock, shoot the part, uh, shoot the part, uh, the cords of the part that Veronica was in, and then Boris like, no, no, we're not doing that. You're not stopping what I'm trying to do. He breaks the glass, and as he's right, about to he's get out, he's already in the pod. So he has to the break the glass to get out. The yeah. Pod. So as he's about to get out, the timer gets zero, and then he's and then he's you know vaporized or turned you know 
transfer from that one part to the other to the third part and you know Veronica gets gets out the third part opens and then he is fused he is actually before that I forgot to mention how she ripped off his jaw right right so and it's like okay right so what happened was she's he's dragging her he's and and this and this part right this is after he regurgitates all over her previous boyfriend the editor and he's basically passed out from the shop and he grabs her and because and he starts dragging to her to a pod he's already super strong and whatnot so uh she can't really resist but she and he's mostly human at this point he's a gross human but he's still recognizably human yeah so uh and then she she's like no no and she pushes his face but then his jaw comes he off comes off and like oh <laughs> okay now he can't talk no more now he he's just talk. making humming noises and then he further begins to mutate just going through a mass mutation right in front of her yeah. and while he's still skin holding on to her fall off. right <laughs> his skin from to... his head falls off so he has a mostly he has an insect looking head now his his ankle like bends at well his leg bends at two different places he have arms rips out of his side so he's not he has like he actually has six legs now um uh, you know so now he's he's this really giant a different humanoid creature. fly right right he has everything but the wings and uh and he he throws her in there in in the machine after he fully mutates and and locks her in there and then he goes into the second machine and then uh well, there was something that you was gonna say before I interrupted you. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> and well, then, yeah, that's when Brandon wakes up, shoots the cord. Yeah, he shoots the cord, fly. severing the the uh, the wires or the the little cords that connects her pod to the rest of the system. So, uh, so now she will not be integrated. Yeah. with the fly creature because now he's fully a a, a creature now. And the creature's so, like, no, 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 the, the, I need her. Right. So the creature breaks out. And they, but he's teleported. But he's teleported with the door that he just broke. Yeah. So and then the third part door is open, and then he comes out, and he's fused with the door as this creature like disgusting fly. Right. And he's crawling towards Veronica. Veronica takes the shotgun, and and then you know she's like, "No, I can't do it." But the thing, the flight, puts it up to his head, like, just do it, please. Put me out of my misery. Right. I've gone too far. There's no point of saving me. I cannot be saved. Right. And it's, he's like, no, I can't. No, no, no. And it's like, it's almost like you can feel the tension, like, just do it. Shoot me. Shoot me. And then she shoots him. And then, you know, she's there crying and horror and shame and sadness because her lover that she fell in love with turned into this disgusting human fly-like thing. And got even worse mutation, and she had to put it down like old yeller. Right, right. And then now they got to explain all that to the police. But yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it, it's kind of you know it, it's kind of yeah, weird just to still going to be the... in love with somebody that turns into a disgusting creature that tries to kill no, you. No, just imagine going to the hospital. So what happened to your hand and your ankle? Oh yeah, this is a human-like fly and thing like, melted off my hand right. and ankle. I'm like I'm sorry, what? But they got the video though. They got the video of him yeah, doing you, all this. This is the guy that did it. And where is he? Oh, he's dead. Okay. Yeah, okay. but like I said, they—I mean, his head is disintegrated. But they got the video of him regurgitating on his food. They got the video of him doing the uh, the what you call it, the um, teleportation experiments. And he's probably done filmed a bunch of stuff. Uh, you know, him peeling off pieces of his face. And he probably I, he might have filmed. He might have. Who knows? Yeah, but they—I think they got enough for the police. All they like, know is that he has a collection of his falling off parts in a cabinet in his bathroom. <laughs> right, I'm right, like, right, why right. are you doing that? <laughs> He's saving him. He's like, this part is a part of a Pargon ever. It's a 
Brundle Museum of Natural History. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever you say, crazy man. <laughs> yeah, he, he was he was uh, he was out there. So yeah, that was a what you call. It? I'm trying to think. It's another part that, um, but I I can't think of it right now. But yeah, this I think that it all comes together rather nicely with him turning fully into total monster before being blown away. Oh, I remember what I wanted to say. So the computer has no dialogue. The computer just has words on the screen. Yeah. But it seems so happy when it announced that the bundlefly oh, yeah. and about, the door has been fused. Like, about, oh yeah, like hey, the transport was complete. <laughs> Yay! Right. Yeah, the, tra- <laughs> <laughs> the transport is complete and the bundlefly and the door was successfully fused. I did yeah, it. Yeah, I did it. Are <laughs> you father- proud of me? <laughs> right, right. Are you proud of me, father? I did it. I I I did the, the I did the thing that you wanted. So that was awesome. <laughs> you don't have to be mad like you was when you found out that I didn't know what to do about you and the fly. You know, you can be happy because right. I did the thing. I, yeah. I did the thing that you taught me to do. So yeah, that was that was awesome. So having viewed this film, what do you feel about it? It was a good one. Ah, I knew it. And I, I was kind of worried because it was slower than I remembered. Had a lot of romantic elements in it. But still... This is a classic movie. I knew you would like it. <laughs> so um, let's let's move on. Let's see what what other people. You know think. When well, I let's th- let's talk about the trivia first. You know when I think about it, it's like, what if Spider Man's mutation went horribly wrong? Actually, they've done comics. Yeah, like I know they've done. Right. It's like he has uh, like four more. I'm like, yeah, that is horribly wrong. Right, right, that, right. that is just not. I'm sorry, man. Right, he's uh, they they did a comic where he's got like eight eight limbs uh so he's got three arms and two legs and his other limbs just kind of stick out of his sides looking like spider limbs so yeah so this is a superhero movie going wrong this is the origin story where he doesn't stop changing like it doesn't stop any him being superhuman it goes way as a train it goes off the rail so um we're just gonna go i forgot to highlight this part but we're just gonna go back and forth and it's it's not that much so so let's go to the trivia so in a, in a uh hold on yeah in a 1987 interview on Sinister Image of 1987 Vincent Price revealed that when this remake was released star Jeffy Goldblum wrote him a letter saying I hope you like it as much as I liked yours Price was touched by the letter he composed a reply and went to see the film which he described as wonderful right up until a certain point it was a little too far you know i can imagine what those points were i'm guessing the abortion the transformation i I think it's the part when the fly started throwing up on people there's that part too (laughs) i think that was a little too much because vincent is a classic horror actor he was remember when we talked about going back to the last movie once again uh fright night you had peter vincent yep so we we talked about how they really wrote that part for Vincent Price, but Vincent Price was really getting up in age. It's like he was a very old man at that time, and he didn't really want to do it. So that's when they got uh, they they got Roddy McDowell. So Roddy McDowell was really playing a messed up version of Vincent Price. Like yeah. Vincent Price is a very good actor, and Roddy McDowell was playing a very bad actor. So um, so when you but when you watch Fright Night, you get a sense of the type of characters that Vincent Vincent Price would play. So he was in the original version of The Fly. So Vincent Price saw this 
movie that came out in 1987. He was like, ah, nah, that's, nah, I play that's too much for me. I can't ask that. I'm an old man. I, I'm a classic horror actor. You understand? This this isn't classic horror. This is this is that new age stuff. And I, I'm not down with that. So what was the next one? After watching some of his early films, director Martin uh, Scorsese 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 asked asked to meet David Cronenberg. Upon meeting him, Scorsese said that he looked uh, like a Beverly Hills plastic surgeon. This inspired Cronenberg to give him a cameo as a doctor. Give himself. Oh, himself as a cameo as a doctor. Right. I think he was a doctor in the dream sequence. So, um, those involved with the making of the film, including David Cronenberg, remember that that baboon, whose name was Typhoon, was very much a wild animal and not an actor. Visual effects supervisor Hoyt Yeatman said in a special features documentary that Typhoon was once startled by the flashing lights on the telepad and broke the door off to get out. (laughs) The Wrangler and Jeff Goldblum, who is six foot four, were the ones who had to keep the primate in check. They're a little volatile and there's no such thing as a tame baboon, Cronenberg said. Jeff, because he was much bigger and stronger then the baboon was able to dominate him, and the baboon wrangler said it was a good thing that the baboon had formed that relationship. Otherwise, there could have been big trouble on the set with some of the female members of the crew. So, <laughs> so uh, basically, uh, it seems like Jeff Goldblum and the baboon, like that that affection that you saw in the movie yeah. with him and the baboon, apparently mm-hmm. that was real. Right? That was real-life affection. <laughs> or you know what another thing I like? When he apologized to the bathroom, said, I'm sorry I killed your brother. I'm like, what? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> oh, what's the next one? David Cronenberg noted on his DVD audio commentary that the baboon used in the film uh, frightened him personally, as they are potentially dangerous, physically very strong, and as very intelligent and very wild animals are highly unpredictable. However, Cronenberg believed due to his tail, uh, tall and muscular physique, the baboon behaved affectionate and uh, deferential. Yeah, deferential towards Jeff Goldblum, who had trained and worked out in preparation for the role, making the scene with them uh, easy to film. Other films using baboons often have mixed success, such as during the filming of The Omen that came out in 1976, when Lee Remick had to be rescued from an overly excited baboon during the zoo attack scene. Mm. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. baboons are actors. They think everything is real, right? Of course. (laughs) Yeah, I can see how uh, they would have a problem with an overly excited baboon. But yeah, he was, uh, Jeff Goldblum looked like he was in the best shape of his life in this movie. Like, he's he's in great shape. Like, even in Jurassic Park, he was he was all right. But in this, I think he was in better shape in The Fly than he was in Jurassic Park. So, the first name mentioned in the end credits is Chris Wallace Incorporated as a creator, designer of The Fly. After screening, the audience cheered upon seeing the first credit producer Stuart cornfield turned to wallace and said you're getting an you're getting the oscar cornfield's production prediction became true when wallace did in fact win an academy award for best makeup wallace claims that this was probably 
because his name was listed best. Well, his name was listed first. So it was the first name in the credit. So he thinks that he got the Oscar because of that. But actually, it was. It, was, yeah, it, it holds up today, actually. Like when you look at it, you're still horrified at like the fingers coming off, the, the vomit, the, the fly. It doesn't, it, do, it still looks good. Yeah. It, it holds up. Uh, the line, I'm saying I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now that dream is over and the insect is awake is a reference to the author. Z- Zagahini Z? I think that's Zongzi. Oh, Zongzi's famous butterfly dream story. It's also a reference to Frank Kafka's. I think that's Kafka's. Kafka's famous short story, The Metamorphosis. Yep. He dreamed he was a fly. He dreamed. No, hold the on. insect I, dreamed that he was a human, and now the yeah. insect is waking up. Right, right. I'm like, he, oh yeah, sure. If you want to claim it like that, okay then. Right. The Chris Wallace Incorporated designer studied graphic books on disease as a starting point for their brundlefly makeup slash creature designs. The final brundlefly creature is horribly deformed and asymmetrical. This reflects director David Cronenberg's idea that the creature shouldn't be a giant fly, but rather a literal fusion of a man and an insect that embodies the elements of both. Yep. And he succeeded. He did it. Yeah. Uh, Mel Brooks didn't want people to know that he was a producer for the film because he thought people wouldn't take it seriously if they knew he was involved. When people did find out, he decided to make the most of it by handing out Dealey boopers, uh, boppers. boppers at the premiere. Uh, Dealey boppers are toy headbands that resemble insects antennas. So I guess you've seen them like around Halloween. They go around your head like, like a like a woman's headband. Like, what do you call those things? It's basically like a headband with, with these little sticks on it that look like antennas. Right, right, right. Sticks or springs with, with balls or stars or happy yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, oh, we're at I. Seth saying, drink deep or taste not the plasma spring. This is when he was having his argument yep. with, uh, that, with, like, one of the first arguments was uh, with Veronica. With Veronica, right. The full quote is, a little learning is a dangerous thing. Drink deep or taste not the Parian spring. Their shallow droughts intoxicate the brain and drinking largely sobers us again. You know, it's kind of funny. That's almost kind of a metaphor for what's going on today with the coronavirus. I'm not sure if you mentioned that quote is from Alexander Pope, an essay on criticism. Thank you. An essay on criticism by Alexander. Well, I missed that entire line. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's a reference to a famous quote by Alexander Pope, an essay on criticism. So yeah, it's kind of like a metaphor was what's happening right now with the coronavirus and everything because people are doing their own research, quote unquote, and they're looking at a little bit of the thing and and only getting a sample of what's going on and not really trying to take in drinking deeply so that you can get sober on, on actual knowledge. So uh, what's what's next? David Cronenberg was uh, surprised when the film was seen by some critics as a uh, cultural metaphor for uh, AIDS, since he originally intended the film to be more generally an analogy for disease itself, terminal conditions like cancer, and more specifically, the aging process. Right, because as you get older, stuff stops working. Uh, teeth fall out. You you lose your hearing, you lose your eyes. So that that was 
represent the, the physical manifestation of of losing stuff as you get older and plus uh, you know wrinkly skin and losing your hair and whatnot all that kind of represented what the uh brundo was going through yep. when he was transforming to the fly but yeah uh aids was real big at the time we people don't talk about it as much now because not as many people are dying there are very good treatments for it and it, i don't think the treatments are expensive as they were back uh when aids was a serious epidemic but yeah, that's what they saw. It was like, oh yeah, this is a metaphor for age. <laughs> so uh, according to David Cronenberg, the line, be afraid, be very afraid, was invented by Mel Brooks while discussing how characters should react to the early stages of Seth Brundle's transformation. Hmm. Although his script was extensively rewritten, Charles Edward Pogue, Yep. Yeah, still receives on-screen credit for the screenplay. David Cronenberg demanded that Pogue receive credit, claiming that he would never know how to write the script if not for Pogue's version. Yeah, you know what, yeah. see? That's a stand-up guy. He's honest. Screenwriter Charles Edward Pogue... Wait a minute. Oh, I guess. Hold on. Let me make sure I'm reading the same because yeah, it starts off exactly the same as the line you just read. Screenwriter Charles Edward Pogue wrote the first draft of the script when David Cronenberg was hired by, as a director one condition was that he was able to rewrite the script to his satisfaction Cronenberg substantially altered the characters and their names the dialogue and much of the plot however key details from Pogue's script the fusion of man and fly and details of the metamorphosis were retained several sequences were filmed but cut from the final release including a sequence where Brundle sends a cat and the surviving baboon through the telepods resulting in a mutated creature he beats to death with a pipe. A scene where Brundle climbs the outside of his building as an insect limb emerges from his side. And an alternate ending in which Veronica has another dream of an unborn child, this time as a baby with beautiful butterfly wings. You know, I think the last one would have been good and the first one would have also been good. Oh but man, killing that did. baboon! Oh no, not the baboon, man! It's a oh. baboon, it's the cat. What do you mean, not the baboon? <laughs> then he has to beat it to death. It's a, it's a creature, man. Ugh. Ugh. No, no, let's not watch that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Gina Davis wasn't acting when Jeff Goldblum's right ear fell off. Her reaction in the film was genuine, uh, genuine, and she was genuinely shocked when it was filmed. And David Cronenberg kept the take. Uh, of her reaction in a film. Yeah, sometimes when you want to get the best out of your actor, you do the real thing. <laughs> Can you imagine acting on the on the thing and you don't know what's going to happen and then the ear falls off? Yo! <laughs> get that real honest reaction. <laughs> All right, so that's it for the the um the what you call it? So what, what do we call that? We called it the Trivia for IMDb. So the trivia right. section is the all trivia done. The trivia section. That's it for the. Now let's see what the critics think. So you thought it was great. I thought it was a great movie. Critics gave it a ninety-three percent. Audience gave it eighty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and IMDb reviews has it at seven point six out of ten. So yeah, it's good. It was like I said, there were rave reviews for this film. So uh, start off. Start us off. All right, hold on. Uh... Ralph Novak from People Magazine. Any dope could find uh fill a movie with sickening stuff and there's nothing scary, funny, or interesting about what Cronenberg has done. It is just tedious and insulting. Get the swatter. See, 
I read that. I was like, man, this dude, he just wanted to, he thinks he's a writer. He wanted to write something clever. That's what that, that's what his deal is. Like, let me, let me write something clever. Cause, uh, cause I ain't got no serious thing to say about this come up. Oh, all it has is sickening stuff, man. All that drama they had at the beginning of the movie and it continued. And that her attracted to this gross looking dude who's turning into a fly and then him wanting to mutate him, his girlfriend and her, her unborn child into a, a one human being. Come on, that that was horror. That's classic horror right there. This dude just don't get it. So, <laughs> Margaret A. McGurk from the South Florida Sun Sentinel, she wrote, a classic combination of the romantic and the macabre is about to set moviegoers abuzz the rest of the summer. It's The Fly, a remake, but it's a accomplished with a brisk and chilling new inspiration. Yep, she's right. I agree. I concur. I concur what she wrote. And then uh, Pat Grissom, oh, this is Graham. Pat Graham from the Chicago Reader, he wrote, Image so much subverts intention that Goldblum's tragic fly person finally see, seems more ludicrous than affecting voyeuristically bizarre so this is a dude that he saw the fly he's like oh my god i'm grossed out and and that's what he wrote that's because he was grossed <laughs> out but it's a horror movie what do you think was going to happen so, so who read the last one uh dave kerr kerr yeah i think that's from right. chicago Tri- uh tribune the fly seizes on our ingrained ingrained mm-hmm. yeah in- instinctive horror of sexuality the sense of same that are fundamental fun fundamentality fundamental mentality <laughs> i think it's fundamentally oh fundamentally potential uh puritanical puritanical society can't help but teach us by conf- and by confirming our worst fears help us for a moment to move on beyond them uh basically he's uh Society believes sex is gross, and um, the fly kind of seizes on that, and 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 he's showing us he's kind of it's kind of throwing it back at society's faces. It's like, oh, you think sex is gross? Well, watch this. I think that's what he's saying in this uh high highfalutin language. Also, you know what? Since I think about, it, I'm pretty sure the other female's pregnant too, but he's gonna go back to on about it. You know what? That's probably they they did make a sequel to this movie. Maybe that's what that was about. Cause uh, what's her name? Veronica got abortion right away, but the other, or maybe she didn't because I never saw yeah, the they fly never... too. And apparently, um, because I, I I believe it's a horrible movie. I, I'm not going to try and verify that, but I believe it's a horrible movie. I don't think Gina Davis is actually even in that movie. But um, they did make a, a sequel that that probably went direct to DVD. But um, yeah, she could very well have been pregnant, and and she probably did decide she was going to have that baby, and the baby probably was a fly human thingy. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am I would like to think that uh, that the Veronica character went on ahead and carried out the abortion because she didn't know what she was going to have and and she shouldn't have to take that I mean that's like a a, a risky pregnancy at least right <laughs> so uh, the fly finally we get to the end so finally the fly is as of this recording, available on AMC. The next episode is Tremors, also available on AMC. So, 
one last time. If you like this show, then please help us grow. To do this, you can rate us or you can write a review. You can hit the subscribe, the subscribe button on whatever podcast you listen to. Uh, that's include that includes uh, Apple Podcasts or Podchaser.com or, or you know whichever. And you can share and show someone. You know, tell tell people that you listen to this podcast. You thoroughly enjoy it, and and we can grow that way too. You can use a hashtag or the at symbol Backlook Cinema on your favorite social media sites. And, you know, that also helps. Yeah, and don't forget, you can contact us at fanmail at backlookcinema.com. Believe me, it matters. Be safe, hug your loved ones, and be outstanding.